1: Okie dokie, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about just gardening. You know, uh, Java, you've heard me say this a thousand times, but there's a difference between horticulture and gardening. I'm a horticulturist, and I'm okay at that, but I'm not great at it. Horticulture is about crop production, perfect lawn, fill in the freezer, uh, blue ribbons, you know, all these little tricks and nuances and stuff of producing something. Gardening is just knocking around in the yard. And I'm just I'm really good at that. Horticulture
2: is a little more rigid.
1: Yeah, horticulture is 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 rules and tricks and techniques and you know if you don't have a compost you can do it from start to finish in three weeks, but you gotta bioactivate it, get your carbon ratio right, you got to make sure that it's uh that that you know, car- thermophilic bacteria. You know, and you can do compost in three weeks flat, but it's going to work your tail off if you're making compost. We can do that, but if you just got a leaf pile someplace, and just
2: throw <laughs> some stuff in it, that works. You know,
1: <laughs> you walk by, you know, to get to my cabin, you got to walk through a gate, and you got to walk past a pile of leaves that got banana peels and grapefruits on it, and there's compost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it smells like old banana peels, but you know, yeah, I dig around there, and I've got worms
2: that are literally over ten inches long. I was going to ask you I I don't know if I just do, have I done something but I got like a bunch of slugs. Yeah, no, they
1: they just you know, they're they're not they're not the brightest creatures <laughs> but they can smell good. But those little things that stick out of their heads, yeah. you know, they can sense stuff and they'll find anything that's got kind of a you know, that's the reason they're attracted to beer trap. It's not the beer trap, they're not the beer, but they smell the yeast. Oh. Okay. And they're attracted to that kind of stuff. But uh they may basically, basically make their living go around looking for stuff to eat. Yeah. You know, real slow, they take their time, they're real laid back. They're classic southerners. You just <laughs> relax and take your time cuz it's too hot to go fast.
2: I got to thank you too for the um the what was it? The burgundy um okra. Oh, is it has is it growing? It's growing. It's growing. It's it's going up and Tilting to the left a little bit because it's trying to reach the sun. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: put it out, put it out in the sun. We get plenty of sun. Yeah. I planted a bunch of them, uh, uh, master gardeners, and I'm working with them to redo the the herb garden at the agriculture museum, and uh, we're we're putting a little heritage garden, you know, with uh, you know plants that. They may not be traditional herbs, but they're used for for cooking. A lot of people don't realize okra is just for eating. It's also for thickening. You, know, yeah. you can thicken soup and gumbo and stuff like that with it. So uh, we got a little area with with us. But if you're going to plant okra in a in a, a display garden, might as well be a pretty one. And the burgundy has got maroon leaves. Got got the pretty burgundy uh, uh, pods on it. And they still cook green. If you you know, if you feel creepy eating something, that's not the right color. It turns green when you cook it. So anyway, for the next uh, hour or so, we can just yak, yak. And if anybody wants to give us a call, I can see the screen. I took my glasses off, but I can still see the screen. And I can see there ain't nobody calling yet. So give us a call at toll free one eight seven seven. MPB ring. There was
2: one other thing I wanted to tell you too. Uh, my daughter uh, Marley, she came home from school the other day with a plant. I don't know what, what it was, or, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were just planting something at school so yeah. they could uh, see It came in a plastic cup so you could see the roots and it grew up a little bit, and I guess the stem. Broke, so it was kind of drooping down. Mm -hmm. I took a bread tie and a (laughs) a stick, and because she was all about it, it got enhanced. Wait, 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 wait! This is not the medicine thing, Doctor Java. (laughs) You're putting a a medical splint on a bean plant. There you go. That's what I did because I was trying to make it stand up. it, It was drooping down, and I had to make it stand up. How's it working? Well, first of all you're a your good dad. I'm a t- thank you for that. But I'm a, I'm going to try to um uh pay more attention to it and see if I I wanted to see if the stem and don't laugh at me would reattach. It can. Okay. Is
1: the are the leaves all wilted at all?
2: No, the leaves were okay. looking It was looking good. So
1: so far so good. Okay. So far okay. good. So bedside manner is going to be important here. There you go. So, anyway, no, this is, uh, it happens to me. Yeah, I get emails, Java, all the time from people saying, I got this problem. I said, I got it too. And they say, you don't understand. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes, I do. You know, if a, if, if, when people write about azalea leaf gall, which is a weird thing happening right now, azaleas and camellias, the new leaves come out in the spring, and sometimes they get this swollen, looks like a, a looks like my thumb. On a leaf, it just puffs up. It's kind of an off-white thing, and it's just horrible looking. And it just happens in the spring to a few leaves, and not that big a deal of the plant. Plants don't care. The new leaves coming on now, they don't get it. So it's just a temporary thing, but it's really freaky looking. And I tell people all the time, something like that happens in my yard, I think it's kind of (laughs) cool, you know, because it doesn't hurt the plant. It's weird. Uh, We have these things called, a gall is any time a leaf or twig swells up around an insect or fungus, it makes it sometimes hollow. Uh, And there's so many cool, different kind of galls that if you know it's not hurting the plant, you can sort of admire, sort of like maybe I've been watching too much Star Trek and it's a life form. You know, I don't understand it, but ain't it cool? There you go. I like that. So anyway, I got some plenty of stuff to talk about. If y'all want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to slide up to Andersonville, Tennessee. Good morning, James. How are you this morning?
3: I'm doing excellent, sir. Um, Great. uh, Yeah, I'm I'm from Hendersonville. It's uh, between Nashville and Kentucky line. But anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see um, it. I see that. um, Uh, Anyway, so uh, I have a couple of questions. One, I have three carnivorous plants. Uh, the Venus flytrap have one that looks like an ugly cup, and one has long, uh, long, uh, hairy kind of um, arms. Yeah, that's so the
1: that's the sundew. Should,
3: okay, should I feed them anything if I don't have bugs like, um, like hamburger or raw hamburger, or just let <laughs> it grow? I mean, should, should I just let it grow or what? Well, it's, here's, it's the Here,
1: here's the deal. Pretty good. Here's it. First of all, those plants. They're not, you know, a lot of people grow them as hobbyists, but the way they grow is hard to pull off at home. The reason they eat meat, okay, is because they live in poor, waterlogged soil that's got no nutrients at all. And they've developed okay. to where if they can catch an insect and wrap it up, it dies. And as it dissolves, its nutrients fertilize the plant. See, so they don't eat stuff. So hamburger is not what they want. What they want is a bug. They want something. and it takes, a, yeah. And like when a Venus flytrap, uh, when it when when those those modified leaves snap shut like a little cage, it gets tighter and tighter, and and the insect in it dies, and the whole leaf dies, and, oh, it, wow. and, and it and it and it dissolves good. to become nutrient. It takes a while. So uh, you know the trick is to try to make them think that they're in their native habitat, which is in. Poor soil, no fertilizer, or else you'll just kill it. You know they, that's what oh, okay. you know it, 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 I've seen a lot of pitcher plants grown in in sundews and uh, and these other plants grown in like a uh, a Tupperware rare, rubber container of mud.
3: Yeah. So so thin- what I did is that when I ordered it, I made sure I used the uh, the the mossy whatever it was that came with it plant. That's what I. That's what the roots are in now. Yeah, well. I, I followed the directions perfectly, so
1: Yeah, well, well do a do, so. do little, little extra work. You know, spend uh, you know five or ten minutes Googling how to grow these things, and you'll see a lot of – everybody has a little different technique, but they all have certain things in common. One is no fertilizer, don't let it get or stay dry, and, you know, that kind of – in other words, make it think okay. it's in the swamps of North Carolina, which is where these things are from.
3: Okay, excellent. But no, excellent.
1: No, 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 not hamburger meat. You want to feed it something that's likely to catch you out there. A handful of mosquitoes, maybe. Sort of like, think cool. of it as their version of potato chips.
3: Cool, you got it. Bugs and jokes like that. Okay, cool. Thank you. Hope you guys have a great day. Well, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. You said you had two questions. Oh. That was just one.
3: Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. My grandmother, about 2,000 years ago, planted some peonies. And where she planted them, my grandmother, she's been gone for 20 years. So I'm saying that these yeah. peonies have been there for 40 if they've been in there for a day. No right, joke. Right. Um, and there's two great big, huge trees besides the of card tables um, on on the west side. So it gets morning sun. Perfect. And it gets about 10, 30, or, 30 or 11, and then the trees overshadow it. Yeah. Um, the, the sun goes. So is that okay, or should they be moved? Because well, They're he, doing good, but not as good as what they used to be. Well so he, you don't fertilize them or nothing.
1: Well, he, here, here's the deal. They like to be in the sun in Minnesota. Down here, oh. you know, our heat and hot summer nights and the radiated heat and stuff like that, these plants don't like that, um, you know, m- okay. more than they hate a mild winter. So, morning sun is good. If they had more sun, that'd be better, but not brawling hot midday sun, mm-hmm. even though you're in Tennessee okay. this far south. So, it's something. what I would do is I would just uh, make a note. Sometime find a place that gets morning sun, maybe up till about noon or so. Work up a little dirt, plant you some flowers or tomatoes or basil or something like that there over the summertime, and then this fall move, you know, dig up some of those peonies, break them in half, put some in a new place, put some back in grandmama's hole. The the the, the, the holes that she planted, not not the cemetery.
3: <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't like that, but I, I don't care about them. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. I love your show. Hope Appreciate it. Hey, th-
1: thanks for being part of it. Appreciate it. Okay, Java. Now, I, is I, it, I don't have a. I don't have a. Don't say that button.
2: What do you mean? About don't plant it in grandma's grave hole. What I was going to ask is, it peonies or peonies or piney's. So, or pinees? Yeah,
1: technically, it's peony. But I wrote to the American Peony Society. I don't know if I told you this before years ago people say how to grow peonies in the south well you don't see many of them you see a few but up north they're like a top five perennial. everybody grows them up north and you don't see that many down here a lot of people try and they just don't do anything and come to find out only the really early bloomers will bloom here in the south because peonies need a long cold spell to set flower buds we don't have a long cold spell so the ones that are the earliest blooming will do best in our, in our climate. Nobody sells those because they're not as, you know, they, they want the ones that bloom in the summertime in Minnesota. So you ride around old parts of town and you see, uh, see them scattered here and there. Well, that's where Garden Club Ladies planted them, a whole bunch of them, maybe 50 years ago, and there's only three still alive. Those are early bloomers. Anyway, I wrote to the, um, the American Peony Society, Okay, they're the expert. Said, "How do you grow peonies in the South?" They, this was before internet. They wrote me a letter back. Said, "We're sorry, but peonies don't grow in the South." So I'm thinking, hmm, well, what's that thing that ain't Mamie? And and uh, this guy's grandmother's growing. They're not peonies. Peonies I ain't peonies. Uh-huh. So that solves it. They must be peonies. Peonies growing the South. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, we got, uh, I got some callers online from from Jackson and Tupelo and Meridian and over in Rankin County. We're going to take a little bit of a break. I brought in some flowers today that I stole on the way in, on the walk-in. I got a magnolia, little gem, and Java says it's like what your grandmother grew. This one's called Little Gem, but I also brought in, there we go, the Sweet Bay Magnolia, which is a native plant with smaller leaves, and the leaves are creamy white a lot, lot smaller, but we have a lot of different native magnolias, and uh, they, they ooh, it's almost too sweet, too sweet, but anyway, I brought those in, those are the native plants, the magnolia grandiflora, and the magnolia virginiana, we call it uh, sweet bay magnolia, and we call it southern magnolia, and I've got some heirloom plants, and some edible plants, we'll talk about a little bit later, but meanwhile, right now, the magnolia's in full bloom in the south, so you know you're in the south.
3: I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. On the original Southern Remedy, the doctor is always in and ready to take your questions about health care. To subscribe, search for Southern Remedy on your favorite podcasting app. You can email a question to remedy at mpbonline.org.
1: All right, folks, welcome back. Felder Rushing here. Let's slide back to down to Jackson and talk with Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how are you this morning?
4: Good morning. I'm doing well, Felder. How good. are you all? So
1: far, so good.
4: Well, Java's statement about fixing his daughter's um, plants he brought home from school resonated with me. I did the same thing. I have a, uh, <laughs> I have a giant bird of paradise that's about eight feet tall that I've moved outside a couple of weeks ago, and the weather has um, broken some of these you know big old stems or yeah. leaves you know um, that are you know an inch thick, and so I've taken some zip ties and some dowels <laughs> and sort of made splints. And I'm wondering if I should just cut them off, or hope for the best, or or bring it back inside, or whatever.
1: Well, it's a little bit different because you know leaves, you know, they're just food factories. You know, Java's, uh, you know, they, we're talking about the stem on his. Yours are yours is more for a cosmetic thing. You know, the the giant bird of paradise. By the way, where did you get a, one of those? Because they are huge. That's the one with the white flowers.
4: Yeah, it's supposed to have white flowers, but it's never flowered. I've had it for a few years. I've yeah. it, like
1: they get huge, you know. You you get down in Central Florida where they start growing outside. You go into the tropics. You go to San Diego, to Miami, uh, the Caribbean, and they're the size of the of your house. You know, they're almost like trees. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why your your may not bloom because it doesn't have the elbow room going straight up that it might need. But anyway, it's a good foliage plant. Uh, anyway, what I would do is I would I would enjoy it. They start to turn brown. Just snip them off. It's not. It's not as crucial as the as the stem. They don't really have a stem. They've got a sort of a clumpy thing. Mm-hmm. So you know that, that that's all I would do. Um, you know, and I, I hope I wish you luck on that because they get big. You know, it's hard to take a picture of the giant uh, uh, bird of paradise because the flower is so far up there.
4: Well, I've, I've repotted it three times now, and I don't think I can find a bigger pot. Well,
1: that's good. That's good. One, one of the things I learned from my mother, uh, she was uh, she was kind of a nut about certain plants. And my job as a kid was to drag her her regular bird of period in and out every time the weather changed. She didn't bring it in for the winter and out in the spring. Every time the weather changed, I had to bring it in and out. And she had an old re- – anyway, long story short, they bloom best when they're pot-bound. So it actually bloomed better in a tighter, smaller pot. All right, is is is, is an is an oddball thing, but there it is.
4: Well, I appreciate your help. I'll, I'll, I'll cut back the uh, splitting and brown ones. And yeah, and
1: for the best. and c- keep it root bound. And, and meanwhile, right, meanwhile, go to. Uh, let me see. You're in Jackson, right? Go, yeah. go out to Hobby Lobby and get you some fake flowers and stick in there. Come on.
4: <laughs> I mean, come,
1: come on. Life is short, man.
4: All right. <laughs> see you. Thank you, Pelter.
1: Oh me. You know the job, there's some stupid stuff that I know. And it doesn't help balance a checkbook and it doesn't get that shelf fixed.
2: But there are other things than <laughs> to balance than balancing a checkbook and fixing that shelf. Well Strelitzio <laughs> prefers to be root bound.
1: <laughs> okay, who we go to next? We got all sorts of folks here. Uh,
2: we're gonna go to Meridian and talk with Lori. Lori, good morning, Lori. Howdy.
5: Good morning. What's up? I have a question about hydrangeas. Okay. I planted one out near a fence Mm a couple of years ago. Came up good, pretty leaves, real healthy growth. It gets about two and a half, three foot tall. Mm -hmm. It starts getting brown, gritty looking stuff, like growing all over every stem on the bush till it just starts dying. I hack it back to the ground. And wait till next year, it comes back out, does the same thing. Hmm. So I'm wondering, what is going on with it, and how can I fix it?
1: I, I don't know, because, you know, when you say gritty stuff, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I can't even picture that. It could be a type of scale insect, could be lichens, I, I don't know. I would need a real good, clear, uh, a close-up picture of it, because, I mean, I can't even make an educated guess. I will say this, cutting it back can't be good for it. You know, I wondered if you just prune it a little bit to stimulate some strong, healthy new growth, see if the new growth doesn't come out clean, because it might just be something happens in the spring and early summer that won't happen a little bit later. So try not try and, don't cut it back every time. Let's see if it'll outgrow. Sometimes it can outrun problems, but I can't even guess without looking at it.
5: When it starts dying, I just think it's done for, so I'll just go ahead and hack it back. But I will take a picture if it shows back up later in the summer. Yeah, do that. You.
1: A, a good close-up. Meanwhile, just give it a, you know, when you planted it, you may not have dug as wide a hole as plants. Very few people, you know, think about plants two years down the road. They need side roots. The wider you can dig a hole, the stronger the roots can be on hydrangea, the better it grows, the more it can resist problems. So it might just be stunted because, it's you know, you might want to loosen up the dirt around the original hole, make it a wider and then <clears throat> excuse me, cover it with mulch it with real tree leaves which feed roots as they decompose and worms okay. worms will come up. So dig the hole a little bit wider, mulch it with some tree leaves. You can cover that up with some prettier stuff if you want. Let's see if it doesn't outgrow what the problem is.
5: Okay, I'll give that a try. A second inquiry, please sir. If I wanted to get some wildflowers, like when I'm taking a walk down the road or something, mm-hmm. and I see a pretty one Can I snip the bud off and take it home and let it dry and then plant the seeds? Mm -hmm. Or should I let it dry naturally on the stalk?
1: You know, when, when a flower opens up and it gets pollinated, it takes a while, just like when a squash blooms. You know, it takes a while for that to turn into a squash you can eat. But it also takes a while for it to get big enough and hard enough to actually make seeds in it the Same thing with wildflowers. So, if you see one that you like, see if there aren't some really old, dried up flowers that have started dropping their petals, and there'll be seeds in that.
5: There'll be seeds to grab for those. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. I, I sort of look forward to seeing a picture of that problem. I'm sort of hoping that digging the hole wider will make it outgrow it, and, and then they'll hear from you again about it. I'll
5: give it a try. Thank you so
1: much. <laughs> you bet, Lori. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Whew. I don't know some stuff, and I'm all right with that. But if I see a picture, I can look it up or I can send it to, to friends of mine who who know. I'm, I belong to Java, as you know, a network of folks who do what what we do. If I run into a problem with a plant in Florida or California or up north, or I've never seen before, there's a whole bunch of us that we don't have anything else to do but send weird pictures of each other. What is this frog? I don't know, but I know somebody knows frogs. So anyway, who who's next?
2: Let's go to Joe in Rankin County.
1: Okay, Joe. Good morning, sir. What's up? You, you, get, hey, Elder. you get enough lightning last night?
6: We definitely got some, for sure. So, hey, I'll make this quick, and I enjoy your show. I've been listening for a long time. Um, I got a like 30 acre place I live at, and I put out about 10 leaving cypresses about seven years ago to do some blockage. And they've grown pretty good, About some of them about 20 feet tall, but they've got, you, know, you probably talked about this before, they've got a lot of yellow needles on yeah,
1: them. Yeah, yeah, it's real and, common.
6: Yeah, so I don't know if it's, you know, some of them's getting more than they have in the past. I don't yeah. know if there's anything I can do to, to treat that.
1: Well, f- first of all, let, let me set up what the problem is. Leyland cypress is real popular because it grows fast and it's pretty. Uh, and when i but and they sell a ton of them when i studied plants for landscapes back in in horticulture courses at the mississippi state we're talking about over 40 years ago okay we're talking about 1977 1978 my professor Told us then that Leland cypresses are popular, but they have serious problems, just like you're describing. So, and I've been watching because I want to see exceptions and I see beautiful Leland cypresses everywhere. Here's a problem. They are a hybrid between two other plants. One is native to the mountains of California, the other is native to Alaska. They like cool, cold, type of condition. When you plant them in the southeast, they grow fast, but their leaves are susceptible to uh, diseases because of our humidity and our heat, which the plants aren't naturally adapted to. Uh, also, they tend to get root rot if we have if you have heavy soil and it rains a lot, and that root rot doesn't show up that year. It shows up a year or two or three years later when the tree's got a lot of top growth. All of a sudden, it ain't got the roots there. So between root problems and fungal problems, Leland is are not really highly recommended by people who do what I do 10 years after the people who sell plants do what they do. So not much you can do is what I'm getting down to. What I would do, while you still have them, go ahead and in between or in front of them, start planting some replacement things like our native cedar tree, plain old red cedar. It is Killable. You see it in cemeteries. You see it along roadsides. And put some swallows out there and let them get some size. So eventually, if you have to take a, a Leland cypress out, you got something already coming in its place. Be De- yeah, re- Reproactive.
6: I, I actually, I did that. I actually planted about twenty eleyacuses behind all this whole row, so yeah. just in case those they do, do die in the future. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, one one quick other, other question real fast. I have. Like a front porch, it's got like an L on it, and I had some azaleas in front of it that's been there. And they get about five feet tall, and I cut them back about a foot about two weeks ago, but I like to do it shorter. Can I still go back and cut them back shorter now?
1: Okay, I I was was paying so much close attention to your word, I forgot what the plant is. I lost
6: track. i it's, it's azaleas. Azalea. I'm, I'm, okay. Azalea. they're about five feet tall, and I
1: cut them back once. Yeah. Together, yeah,
6: gotcha. And I cut them back again. Yes,
1: you can cut them back to a foot, foot and a half tall if you want to, and they put out real strong new growth. So here's the problem. That new growth is going to be pushed by an unpruned root system, and it's going to jump. It's going to go straight up. If you come back and tip prune that growth, it will branch out. Right where you make a cut, wherever you make the cut, it'll put out three or four or five, six mm-hmm. new sh- shoots there. So when it gets tall, cut it back, and then tip prune the new growth to make it bush out. And uh, okay. I, wouldn't do, I wouldn't do any pruning, Joe, on azaleas or spring bloomers. Pass towards the end of August or so, because we need time for the new growth to come out, set flower buds before fall. So middle, late okay. July, 1st of August is the latest I would cut on them.
6: Oh, sounds great. Thank you so much. Oh, oh Oh,
1: listen, you took up enough time there with good questions. I'm going to take up some of your time. Do you know that lightning makes nitrogen in the dirt for your plants? I do not. Well, here's, here's the deal. Uh, lightning, uh, th- th- we have all this atmospheric uh, nitrogen in the air, but plants can't use it. Lightning splits the uh, the molecule of nitrogen in the air into nitrates, which raindrops carry into the dirt, and it fertilizes plants. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it, so, so when it's lightning, you know, people say things sure look green. Well, yeah. <laughs> so lightning,
6: at, we got lightning and rain last night.
3: So yep,
1: that's right. That. So anyway, you you can expect things to green up now. All right, thank you. <laughs> you bet, Joe. All right. Okay, Java, you gave me that look.
2: No, that was my Miss um, Frizzle. Bill, Bill, not a science guy. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill, of,
2: Bill Nye guy,
1: the science guy. Yeah,
2: look of wonder, man. That was a that was a tidbit yeah, right there.
1: Yeah, but it's it's called nitrogen fixation, and uh, it ch- ch- changed it to nitrogen dioxide, which dissolves in water.
2: Nitrates fall to the ground, seep into the dirt, and there you go. So next time it rains, I should be like, man, I need some lightning now. Every, every time it goes boom
1: and you and the dog hiding under the bed, the plants are singing, bring it on. OK. All right. All
2: right. <laughs> so you want to do a good call or do the cheesy tune? Let's talk to Mike, because I'm seeing numbers I don't usually see Mike's for, for waiting. On too. Yeah. Yes.
1: Mike, what's going on up at Tupelo, man? We've just been goofing off here while you've been hanging on.
0: Hey, I'm enjoying this uh, river of knowledge that flows out of the radio. (laughs) River is a good way to put it.
1: Thank you. I would say a torrent, too.
0: (laughs) What's up, man? I have some volunteer oak seedlings coming up in my flower beds from a a red oak tree that I really like. Mm. And I want to see if I can transplant those and get them to grow enough to where I can get them out in the yard where I'd like to have some more of that that
1: type of oak tree you can how, how big are they did they come up this year or last year
0: this year so they're okay. like four to six inches tall okay. most of them
1: it, it would be best if you could decide which ones you really want to keep and let them get some size on them this year and then move them this coming fall or winter it's hard to move okay. a plant right now you might be able to get away with it but if you wait till till, till they get some size on them uh, you know that would be better give some a try and then plan and leave uh two or three or four to move this fall. they'll only be about knee high or something like that. They'll be easy to move, so try some now, and if they don't make it, you got some backups
0: all right good good idea. I will tell you, I did sort of the same thing. I had some volunteer come up in a spot that I liked, and uh
1: just leave it, yeah
0: alone and selected the the champion and it's 25 or 30 feet tall now. After yeah. this, it's amazing how much better it did than some nursery-bought champion you know, plants Okay. That, uh, Here, uh, big wide holes and all that.
1: Here's you know? another little trickle of my torrent. When a tree grows from a seed, it has a taproot. When oh, that seed sprouts, that taproot grows straight down, and it goes as uh, as long as it can, depending on how, how good your dirt is. You know, the better the dirt, the deeper it grows. And then the side roots go straight out. A nursery boat grown plant does not have or, or one that you transplant doesn't have a taproot. Once you cut that taproot it doesn't keep growing. See, so one that's growing in place and left alone will always have a taproot, always be better and faster than one that you know if you have two side by side, you leave one alone, you move the other one, the one you left alone will outgrow the first one every time because of the taproot.
0: Okay. So I need when I when I get ready to pick the ones I'm going to move. I need to make sure I dig as deep as I no,
1: can. No, 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 the tap root, no. The, the taproot helps to get anchored the first year or two. After that, is side root, so don't worry about that.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, great. All right. Well, thanks for your help. Enjoying the show.
1: Okay, Mike. Appreciate it. bye Okay, now, I've chose a really cheesy tune today, Java, but I edited it down to where it's only a little bit over a minute because that's about all I can take. But it's an old tune. Bing Crosby sang this tune. It's an old tune, been around forever, called "Meet the Sun Halfway," and it's appropriate because it was—it's nice and cool. We got some rain. There's, There's some problems with it, but everything is growing good. And the garden centers are loaded with plants. They got all sorts of flowers and vegetables and herbs ready to set out. Everybody's happy. It's not too hot to get out there right now, so let's take the heart what this man has got to say as he sings an old tune that's appropriate for all of us gardeners we'll be right back here at mississippi public broadcasting right after this
7: stop hiding behind the pillow whenever the dawn looks gray get up get out ooh sun halfway There may be a fortune waiting Lots of gold or even an egg souffle ha, ha, Get out Get out And meet the sun halfway Get into the tubs And you begin to rub and scrub Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay You may even show little Abner The way to win Daisy May Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Hello, sun. Get into the tub, splash, and you begin to rub and scrub. Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay. Don't ever expect the bright side served up to you on a tray. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Hello, sun.
1: Okay, doke, folks. Welcome back. I'm going to jump on the call real quick, but first let me mention this. The edible plants I brought today were several different kinds of basil. They say ba- basil 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 i got purple basil i got uh, green basil i got uh thai basil i've got all different kinds of basil you can cook with them of course you can rub them on your arm to keep mosquitoes off but the most important thing is they are pretty plants and they're durable they're easy to grow you got a weird look on your face java behind the scenes radio stuff oh okay okay i tell you what, while you are doing that you're freaking me out here let's let's talk to leslie down in fair hope hey leslie what's going on thank you for holding how are you
4: Hey,
8: Felder, I'm doing just fine. Um, I got to tell you, I always mow high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have that on my tombstone, mow high rushing. <laughs> uh,
8: yes, sir. Okay, so I believe I have centipede in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, it ha- puts up these little six inch kind of seed heads. Yeah, with, they'd be centipede. Um,
1: yeah, yep, alternating
8: yep. seeds on them. Okay. All right. So I have a two story house that faces directly south. My backyard. Is obviously on the north side of the house.
1: Real shady.
8: Strip of shade that comes across. It gets bigger and smaller as the year progresses. Right. You know, um, I'm thinking about putting in some Saint Augustine because don't do you, know you say that Saint Augustine does better in the shade?
1: Well, yes and no. St. Augustine, if you mohawk, it's got, it's got bigger leaves. It gets more inner, more sunlight. It's a, better able to collect what little sun is out there because it's got wider, longer leaves. But it uh-huh. doesn't do well in the, it tolerates shade. And here's the deal. Uh, you know, you get plenty of sunshine. Uh, it's, you know, in, in the wintertime, the sun's real low in the sky. So it's going to be all shade back there. In the summertime, the sun actually comes up really in the direction of Pensacola. Excuse me. North of there, it comes up twenty-eight degrees north of due east. It goes almost directly overhead. Sets in the northwest. So you get more sun in the mornings and the afternoons in the w- summertime. Just not up close sure. to the house. Anyway, right I, now
8: d- there's practically no shade at all. It's about yeah three feet.
1: Well, Watts. yeah. Here's the deal. If the if the grass gets enough energy. grow a good root system and start reproducing itself, new runners, and those new runners get enough energy to start rooting and reproducing themselves, your grass can get started. See, a lot of people don't realize what you plant today is going to be gone in a month. It replaces itself every month or so. That's what happens to a lawn. And so you're trying to get enough energy now to be there next month. And you may have enough sunshine on the coast to be able to do that. I would still think up close to the house to do something else with mulch or pavers or oh. or, or something like that. So because you're never going to have it growing really close on the north side of the house.
8: Okay, so, because so, you know, a few feet out from the house, the centipede is very happy. It's healthy, it's happy, it's wonderful. Right, right. It's getting really up. right next to the house.
1: Yeah, that, that's a, okay, because it's petering out because it's not getting enough energy there to reproduce gotcha. itself. Again, the whole idea with grass is to not keep it green, but to keep it replacing itself, and that takes energy and blah, 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 I blah. See,
8: I see, I see. So what would you recommend? Uh, I, I would. I would mulch, not even a ground cover probably. Would
1: ground cover, Do it. there's all sorts of. Ground covers that do well on the coast I mean the, the, you know the regular the Asiatic jasmine the english ivy the the mondo grass the monkey grass, but also you can grow peacock gingers and other ground covers so it, what I would do and this is this is strictly a design thing keep in mind I study turf management and also study design and I see a lot of design is put make your grass in the backyard, make the lawn a certain shape. Instead of wall to wall, gotcha. think some kind of oval or square or rectangular or curvy. Think of it as having a carpet, uh, uh, a like, throw, a thru- uh,
8: like a, yeah, like a rug on
1: a Like floor. a throw rug, yeah. Make it the shape out from the house, and then what's not there, what's what's outside it, cover it with mulch, and eventually start filling it in with azaleas and stuff like that, and leave the have the lawn a distinct shape peanut shape, whatever, and neatly edge it, and it will shine like a gem. So it, where it starts to peter out, it doesn't have a chance. You keep it where it looks good, and then where it's not doing well, do something else with a distinct line between the two. It always looks well, better.
8: I like that idea. That's a real, real good idea. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I'll do. That's Thank you so much for your advice. I was going to put some St. Augustine. I am going to ask you when to plant it, but obviously I don't need to plant it. Yeah.
1: Now, nah, find, find, find something else.
8: Okay, well, thank you very much for your advice. I appreciate yeah. oh, it. Oh, oh,
1: i got to ask you a question. I'm passing yeah. through Fairhope today. I want to go downtown and look at the grand, you know, the old grand hotel. But somebody mm-hmm. said that there's a guy who's got some really funky art down there somewhere.
8: Um, I'm trying to think of what you're talking about. There's a lot of art all over Fairhope. This guy, um, this got... I need more than just funky because there's a oh. lot...
1: Well, so so you saying Funky Fair Hope? Come on down,
8: Funky Fair Hope. Can you hear my chickens out there?
1: <laughs> okay, well we're gonna they, check they it out. They passed
8: the chicken ordinance. We're allowed to have four chickens. Of course, being Fair Hope, there is yes, a building ordinance that you have to obey for your chicken coop. It has to file. It has to. It has to follow zoning rules.
1: Cool. Well, you know, sorry, you got five chickens. I'm gonna eat that one.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. A, <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Okay, hey, have fun fair. Way that, it. Come I, by.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: Bye-bye. Okay, let's cross over that bay and over the next bay and go to Ocean Springs. Hey, Marcy, good morning.
9: Hey, Felder. What's up? I want to tell you, I I am so sorry I missed your talk in Pearl. I, I intended to hear it. I was going to the live broadcast, and then I also wanted to go to the Master Gardener annual plant sale. Yeah. So I wanted to get there before they got everything, you know, all the good stuff was gone. And it was still already but, gone because
1: Master Gardeners, they pull it aside from themselves.
5: Uh, really? <laughs> of course. Well, you well, know well, what? You
1: know how Master Gardeners are. They're not only that, but they steal cuttings from each other in the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> my God.
9: Well, you know what? I was so impressed because... Um, I filled up the back seat of my car for only $49. Wow. I got so much good stuff.
1: And it was it was hot. I hope you got it planted all by now.
9: Um not yet because <laughs> I had surgery on my right hand, my dominant mm. hand at the beginning of April. So I'm my occupational therapist has been getting on to me. She says, "Stop doing all that gardening."
1: And wait 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 wait. You went to the plant sale after they said stop doing all that gardening
9: i uh did
1: okay, I'm just I, I, okay I, I you're, lots of you're,
9: from the people there.
1: you're a sick <laughs> person, Marcia I love it. what can I help you with this morning?
9: um well um i'll I have a story about the lawn, okay I, you know the place where I live it's an apartment made into my sister's home in Ocean springs proper, and um i she lets me do all the gardening and everything, which is wonderful. But because I had the surgery on my hand, I wasn't able to get the lawn mowed just in time for her, you know, to think it it looks okay. But she got the neighbor on the side with his big riding mower to come over, and he scalped it. (laughs) I don't even know how he cleared the, the ground. It was so bad. and. I mean, it caused a rift in our relationship because I came around to the front yard and I was just like about to have a heart attack.
1: <laughs> and he thought he was doing a great thing. He got on, he strapped himself on that mower, got, got him a beer in his hand. I'm just gonna, you know. And I tell you what, in 1888 is when Daisy BB guns were invented, and it's for guys like that mowing the grass too close.
5: <laughs> well,
9: you know what. It's a good thing I didn't have a BB gun that day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they got, they, got soft, they, they got soft styrofoam pellets now, but that'll get the point across. So it'll, it'll grow back. You know, scalp, scalping at once really boogers it up, but cutting it over and over and over is what wears it out.
9: Well, I'm glad to hear that because I went and got a push mower. And my 86-year-old dad said, are they still making those things? I said, yes, they are. Really good ones, too. And they're, yeah,
1: they're, they're, the they're cheap. And they've and they got better ball bearings. They're, they're better material. The one that I pushed when I was a kid, big old heavy clunker thing. And when you push, it, it sounds like you're clear and you throw a... <laughs> but the new <laughs> ones are lightweight. They're really, really nice.
9: Yes, they are. And I love it. I love it. Every, about like, two or three days, I go out there and cut, cut a little bit off.
1: What is the doctor going to say about you? Well, that's right. You can do it with one hand with these new mowers.
9: Well, yeah, pretty much.
1: Right. <laughs> well, we we got to scoot, Marcy. But, uh, you know, don't, I, there's nothing, nothing to say to the guy next door because he paid a lot of money for that riding mower, and he's proud of it. But there's a little lever down right by his, his ankle. If he pulls on it, it'll raise the deck up. And he just oh, doesn't realize he yeah. paid a little extra for that lever. He needs to learn how to use it.
9: He does. And one last little thing, I don't think he likes grass because his yard looks like a sandbox.
1: Yeah, because he's he's in (laughs) he's a, a tool guy. He, you know, he, he he's a guy that call up and, and, and talk on, on Wednesday with Jason them about tool stuff. Don't fix it 101. Fix it yeah. 101, I'm, you know. <laughs> and he fixed that. Well, and, anyway, we okay. appreciate it. Well,
8: thank you so
9: much. I enjoyed talking to you today.
1: Thanks. For, oh, I I do want to ask you one quick thing. You said I live in Ocean Springs proper. That means the old part of town.
9: Um, I live about two blocks from East Beach. Gotcha. So, you know, I can take my dogs for a walk and gotcha. you know, beach and the sound and everything it's a, it's yeah, a, it, because you know ocean springs has gulf park estates and that oh yeah. like a whole different section of ocean springs and
1: well I, I don't
9: anything like south of the railroad tracks that's on the beach side we we call like within the city limits.
1: yes gotcha well i don't know if you knew this but years and years and years ago i wrote a book on Scarecrows, History and the Lore. It's uh, the definitive book on scarecrows and human garden figures. And the front cover and the back cover feature scarecrows done for the Scarecrow Festival in Ocean Springs.
9: Oh, how cool.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we I'm got a scoop. That. Thank you for your call, right. Marcy. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. Alrighty. Her neighbor's on a guy's on mowers. There's a lever. You know, a, a, I, I did a, a, an article on lawnmowers for HGTV. Now this is a, I don't even have any grass in my yard. I don't, I, I don't own a lawnmower, but I wrote it because I don't care. You know, here's the deal. And one of the one of the coolest things now on these riding mowers, they have a little thing you can unscrew on the on the on the deck, and screw a hose into, and crank the mower up and turn the hose on, and it cleans the deck. So you don't have to turn it over and get a screwdriver and get all that nasty stuff out from under there.
2: Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore.
1: But there is a lever that makes the deck mow higher or lower. And high is from the grass's point of view what it's like, not what we like. But that's what the grass likes. And my my tombstone is going to say Felder. He would have mowed high if he had any grass. <laughs> we'll be right back here at the Gestalt Garden or MPB right after this. <laughs> All righty, folks. Welcome back. Hey, we've got time for some calls. We've got the lines wide open. You can give us a call. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Liz Gill is our phone greeter this morning. She's over there just waiting for something to do. So bring it on. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, Java, I brought some a uh, couple of old roses from a yard. You know, I'm a lazy. I'm not a good gardener. I'm not a great horticulturist. I have horticulture knowledge, but I don't grow anything for a reason. You know, not trying to get yard of the month or not trying to sell plants or anything. And so I'd rather just be a gardener where I just plant stuff and enjoy it. And it turns out I'm not that good a gardener. I like to dig dirt. I can dig dirt. And I can have a hole, and I can dig in that hole for years. I like digging in dirt. But when it comes to taking care of stuff, I'm not that Conscientious, so I look for plants that take care of themselves. And here's two roses. Uh, one is called Red Cascades. It will not stop blooming. Little small flowers, not fragrant. It will not stop blooming. It won't get leaf diseases until frost cuts it down. Now, what you have in your hand? Yeah. If, could you just plant that? Uh, if I'd have had it, its a temp, stem was a little bit longer. It's just a okay. flower stem. If I cut a little bit longer. It has some leaves. Uh, but they root like ringing a ring the bell. Just cut a piece off, stick it in some dirt. And this other is called, it's a pink one, and it's a real frilly look. It's called Caldwell Pink. It was discovered in a garden in Caldwell, Texas. They don't know what it is, but it will not stop blooming. You can see both of these at the old Greenwood Cemetery downtown Jackson. Uh, Caldwell Pink and Red Cascades, there's probably a dozen or so roses that bloom repeatedly. There's about half a dozen that will not stop blooming all summer in a cemetery. These kind of plants I put in my yard. And one of them is just okay. The other just okay. Put them together, and it looks like you know what you're doing. Now, that's the good stuff right there. Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, antique plants, old roses, modern roses. Red Cascades is a modern rose. The fairy is a modern rose. This is, so it doesn't have to be an heirloom or an antique to be really good. But a lot of the modern ones were bred to be pretty, not durable. And what happened is 100 years ago when people started planting a lot of roses – 50 years later, 75 years later, only the good ones are left. That's the ones I plant. I let Ain't Mamie experiment. The no ones that stick around. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, so, anyway, let's go to. Uh oh, I got choice
2: here. Let's talk to Melanie in Florence. Hey, Melanie, good morning. How are you?
5: Hi, Felder. I'm fine. Good. I got a question. Yep. Um, I live down on an old dirt road in Rankin County, with you know the banks growing up the side and trees growing on the banks. Yeah, is it really so, is it
1: really a dirt road? or You got some gravel because you got a lot of it's rain. gravel left. and dirt. okay, okay, yeah. gotcha.
5: We're not we're not that muddy <laughs> right now. We're pretty dusty.
1: Yep. So you didn't get a bunch uh, of rain well, last night.
5: Got it? Huh?
1: You didn't get a lot of rain yeah, last night. We did night?
5: get rain. We did get rain last night. So maybe when I drive out today, it won't be that dusty. Yeah. Well, what
1: can we help you with? You got what?
5: Okay, so the old trees growing up on the side of the road, there's a little magnolia sapling growing up under one of the old trees. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of been growing a couple of years, and it's kind of, well, probably four years maybe, and it's kind of coming out sideways a little bit. I'm wondering if I could dig that out and put it in my yard. It's one of those, it looks like a... One of the big grandiflor Yeah, you know, bir- b-
1: birds and possums and all sorts of other things eat those red berries, and they deposit the seeds. Right. and wherever they, you know, and then it hits a good spot. The old parable of the sower of the seed. If it hits a good spot, it can grow. Here's the problem, though. When it grows in with other trees, uh, roots don't grow in any particular direction. They're not pretty. They grow wherever they can get air and moisture. And so growing in with the other trees, it's going to have one root that goes this way, one root, no distance at all. It's not going to have a, a, a nice, neat root ball. And for it to survive, you've got to get as many roots as possible. So when it's growing tangled up in other trees, it's not going to have many roots, and so if you get a young one that's like a foot tall or a year, year old or so, it has more of its roots. But once it gets two, three, four years old, it can have real random roots, and there's not a good chance of getting all of them. So, uh, you know, what, what I would do is look for one that's either smaller, you know, a year or two old, or else, uh, you know, start some for yourself from seed. They grow real easy from seed. It's, it's a natural thing. But I, I guess okay. what I'm saying, and I, I worked at a tree nursery, uh, Melanie, for a long time. We planted stuff in fields and in containers. We dug them, we put them in landscapes. And I wouldn't fool with the, uh, the plant that's more than a, a year or two old that's growing in with other trees. just can't get the roots.
5: I got you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, babe, yeah. You're
1: not very far from Hobby Lobby. Go get you some flowers, <laughs> duct duck tape I'll do them that. on. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Oh, fooey I goofed off so much we didn't have time to... T- t- Angie, Angie, one of
2: our uh, wonderful tr- truck drivers, a truck driver. I know. Angie,
1: I t- <laughs> give us a call back next week. I mean, I just got goofing off talking about stuff, which is what I do. Anyway, please give us a call. I'm glad you pulled on the side of the road. You know, adjust your seat, fix your coffee, call me back next week. I'm a horticulture's fellow, Russia. Java's been kind of rocking and rolling today. Kind of rocking and rolling, man.
2: It's another garden party, man.
1: That's right. Well, we'll be back same time, same place next week. If you want to tune into our podcast, we got over a quarter of a million downloads last week. Go to mpbonline.org and uh, take it from there. Horticulture is Hey, take a kid to a garden center, take them to the farmer's market, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty.